Good afternoon, it's Victoria. I certainly hope you're having a very blessed day. Happy Valentine's Day as I'm recording this on February the 14th. Jesus loves you and I do too. God is love and love is sacrificial in nature. Last week we shall share the account in Genesis chapter 22 of the beloved son being offered up by his father. The account was a type and shadow of Father God and his beloved son, our adorable Savior, Jesus Christ. Although Isaac did not have to be sacrificed in Genesis chapter 22, we know Jesus was indeed sacrificed. The Bible says he did so willingly to please his father. Not only did he do it willingly, but he did it while we were yet sinners, while we were ungodly. He paid the ultimate price for our redemption. I certainly hope you are feeling the love of someone who died for you, knowing you may never acknowledge his gift or even desire to know him. But he did all that he did just in case you ever wanted to. Now that's love. My own Black history moment is that it took me 38 years for me to acknowledge his gift and to express a desire to know him. And during all that time prior to that, he covered me. I could have died. I should have died. I deserve to die for all my dastardly deeds, but he kept me. I'm just so, 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 so grateful. He took my place, though I deserve to die. Now I have everlasting life. He took my place so I don't have to die. Now I have everlasting life. And that resurrected King keeps resurrecting me. That resurrected King keeps resurrecting me. Hallelujah, Jesus. I bless you today. Today, uh, will be the second installment for this month of podcasts centered around the theme of love. This podcast thought is, what is he worth to you? The account is found in Mark chapter 14, verses 3 through 9. The Bible records, while Jesus was in Bethany, while he was reclining at a table in the house of Simon the leper, there came a woman who had a vial of ointment of pure nard. She broke the vial and poured it over his head. Some of them said indignantly to each other, to what purpose is the waste of this ointment? The ointment could have been sold for more than 10 pounds and the money could have been given to the poor. And they were angry at her. Jesus said, let her be. Why do you trouble her? It is a lovely thing that she has done to me. You have always got the poor with you and you can do something for them anytime you like, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has taken my body and anointed it beforehand against my burial. And this is the truth. I tell you, wherever the good news shall be proclaimed throughout the whole world, the story of what she has done will be told so that she will always be remembered. 
the poignancy of this story lies in the fact that it tells us of almost the last kindness that Jesus had done to him. He was in the house of a man called Simon the leper in the village of Bethany. People did not sit to eat. They reclined on low couches. They lay on the couch resting on the left elbow using the right hand to take their food. Anyone coming up to someone lying like this would stand well above him. To Jesus, there came a woman with an alabaster box of ointment. It was the custom to pour a few drops of perfume on a guest when he arrived at a house or when he sat down to a meal. But this vial was a very precious ointment made from a rare plant that came from a far off, from far off India. But it was not a few drops that the woman poured on the head of Jesus. She broke the flask and anointed him with the entirety of its contents. There may have been more than one reason why she broke the flask. Maybe she broke it as a sign that all was to be used. There was a custom in the East that if a glass was used by a distinguished guest, it was broken so that it would never be touched by the hand of any lesser person. Maybe there was something of that in the woman's mind, but there was one thing not in her mind which Jesus saw. It was the custom in the East first to bathe, then to anoint the bodies of the dead. After the dead had been anointed, the flask in which the perfume had been contained was broken, and the fragments were laid with the dead body in the tomb. Although she did not mean it so, that was the very thing this woman was doing. Her actions provoke the grudging criticism of some of the bystanders. The flask was worth more than 300 denarii or pence. Uh, it was like, uh, it, was, it was actually equated to uh, the cost of an ordinary man's year pay uh, to buy the flask of ointment. Back then, 20 to $30,000 to some it seemed a shameful waste. The money might have been given to the poor, but Jesus understood and he quoted their own scriptures to them. The poor, you will have what you always. You can help them at any time, but you don't have a long time to do anything for me. Hallelujah. This is like anointing my body beforehand to its burial. This story shows the action of sacrificial love. Jesus said that it was a lovely thing that the woman had done. In Greek, there are two, two definitions for good, a thing which is morally good and a thing which is not only good, but lovely. Love does not do only good things. Love does lovely things. If love is true, there must always be a certain extravagance in it. It does not nicely calculate the less or more. It is not concerned to see how little it can decently give. If it gave all it had, the gift would still be too little. There is a recklessness in love which refused to count the cost. Love can see that there are things, the chance to do which comes only once. It is one of the tragedies of life that often we are moved to do something fine and do not do it. It may be that we are too shy and feel awkward about it. It may be the second thought suggests a more prudent course. 
It occurs in the simplest things, the impulse to send a letter of thanks, the impulse to tell someone of our love or gratitude, the impulse to give some special gift or speak some special word. The tragedy is that the impulse is so often strangled at birth. The world would be so much lovelier if there were more people like this woman who acted on her impulse of love because she knew in her heart of hearts that if she did not do it then, she would never do it at all. How that last extravagant impulsive kindness must have uplifted Jesus's heart. Once again, we see the invincible confidence of Jesus. The cross loomed close ahead now, but he never believed that it would be the end. He believed the good news would go all around the world. And with that good news would go the story of this lovely thing done with reckless extravagance, done on the impulse of the moment, done out of a heart of love. Uh, the question today is how much is he worth to you? Hallelujah. Uh, Mark chapter 14, verse nine says, assuredly, I say unto you, Wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be as a memorial to her. The evangelist who records that promise does not mention Mary's name. John, uh, who does mention that name, does not record the promise. It matters little whether our names are remembered so long as Jesus bears them graven on his heart. Uh, this, this took place shortly after Lazarus had been raised from the dead, which was one of the things that instigated the Jews to want Jesus dead. Uh, Lazarus himself may have also been in danger. In just a few days, Jesus would be tried and convicted. He knew what was coming and he spoke openly of his death with his disciples, but they kept denying or ignoring the impending events. It seems that Mary was one of the few who heard and understood, and she was moved to anoint Jesus with an expensive ointment worth about a year's wages. Ah, she may have realized that this could be her last chance to demonstrate her love for Jesus. Ah, so the question becomes, what is he worth to you? Hallelujah. While the disciple, and specifically Judas, looked on and judged Mary's behavior as reckless, inappropriate, and wasteful, Jesus made two clear statements honoring Mary. Ah, hallelujah. She has done a beautiful thing to me. She has done what she could. All he asks is that we love him and demonstrate it by loving one another. In Matthew 25, verses 34 through 40, Jesus reminds us that as you did it, to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Love that is shown for those in need is love shown for Christ. Mary's focus was on Christ in worship. Uh, we talked about even that in the Genesis 22 account, in that it was the first time that the word love uh, and the word worship were used. Uh, uh, the Bible says that Abraham said, I and the lad go to worship, uh, that is go to do what the Lord wants us to do, and we will come back. Hallelujah. Worship 
does not calculate. Worship is impulsive. Worship is heart acting. Worship takes the most precious thing and out of a simple, uncomplicated love guided by that heart of love showers it on Jesus. Uh, Mary did all that she could to worship Christ by her actions. It is the size of the heart that matters, not the size of the gift. Uh, and that's why the Bible says man looks at the outward, but God looks at your heart. For he knows not only what you do, uh, but he knows why you do what you do. And so many of us may not have the ability to pour out a gift valued at our year's wage. Uh, and that doesn't matter to the Lord uh, because he just wants a pure uh, act of love from us. And he certainly deserves it. Whatever is done for Jesus will be noticed and remembered by him. Uh, Hebrews 6 and 10, one of my favorite verses says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, for that you have ministered unto the saints. Hallelujah. And do minister. I certainly hope you have a wonderful love-filled week. I'm aging myself, uh, but at the end of each of the show's episodes, the lollipop-licking actor, Telly Savalas, would ask the question, who loves you, baby? Well, let me answer that for you. Jesus demonstrated his love all the way to Calvary and on his way to Calvary, and guess what? He did it just for you. Father, we bless you. We bless you because you loved us, God, uh, uh, while we were yet sinners, God. Hallelujah. You died for the ungodly, God. You died understanding that we might never uh, acknowledge you, God. We may never, hallelujah, God, say thank you for what you've done. And we may never, ah, hallelujah, activate that relationship that you died to position us to have. And so, God, we know that people are celebrating love today and all this day and all this month. And God, that's a good thing for God is love. And, and we understand that, but we just don't want people to miss the fact Ah, when they're eating their candy, ah, and when they're looking at their roses, hallelujah, ah, that God so loved us, hallelujah, God, and that there is an ultimate love and that no one uh, but you uh, paid that ultimate price. Hallelujah, God, for us. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you for your love in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. Amen. And thank God. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye. <laughs>